This is a Highway Citizen production. today 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 is december 11th sir two weeks out from christmas i am the angry black male out west azo williams and i am the angry black male out east who just wants some more soup uh tochi on yabuchi it's different different book but (laughs) 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 oh man we're in a good mood today folks it's uh it's bright out in LA and it's actually winter in LA, which means that it is 66 degrees high and it's actually dropping to 40 degrees, believe wow, it or not, gosh. in the night. But uh, it's, guess what, folks? We did it. We finally made it to an episode where we're going to talk about something joyful. Yes. Just in, <laughs> just in time for Christmas. Just in time. I got to throw a holiday party for my my close friends in, in on the West Coast today. Uh, my dog has been in a cone all week. He's fine. He's just a really big baby about not biting his sores. <laughs> um, so I'm excited about this weekend and, and catching up with you, my good friend. How are you doing? I can't complain. You know, your boy saw some Cirque du Soleil last night for the very first mm. time. Very Ooh la festive. la. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> you know, terrifying, but beautiful. The um, sexiest of the Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> is it Canadian? I don't know. I always assumed it was because it's like the name is French. So I assumed it was. I don't know. That it might is not be. hilarious. Yeah. No, we'll, I mean, we'll look into that. <laughs> we'll look into that. But yeah, no, it's, you know, the work schedule is starting to loosen up. So your boy can finally get back to uh, the DLC for Ghost of Tsushima. Um, yes. Oh so, my God. Yeah. I am. I am. Sal- I just dropped in an SSD into my ooh, PS5, ooh. so I can just like start loading up that ooh. shit on some two terabytes internal storage. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, get it's it. gonna get real get sexy it. in here. I got Far Cry Six on my shelf, like ready mm. to go. Downloaded mm. and installed. Like let's mm. fucking go. Deathloop is whispering to me. Woo! It's just showing me a little ankle right now. Let me know if I can make it through one more week. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out, shout just... out, shout out to Deathloop, just like killing it at the Game Awards last, mm. you know, last night. So mm-hmm, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, you got good mm-hmm. taste. And well, speaking of which, Deathloop was a highlight, and what I'm going to say is actually kind of an underwhelming year. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And th- and and no disrespect to any industry, like I get it. Twenty twenty, we're we're feeling the effects of twenty twenty yes. now. Yes. Like products that 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 just took longer to make are out there. So like, but Deathloop definitely deserves it. I I I, I played like four hours of it, and then I had to put it down a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm talking based after four hours. But yeah, uh, this week we're going to talk about uh you know kind of a year in in respect in retrospective <laughs> what we thought about 2021. Just generally off the cup, the things that made us happy, the things that we question, how we bounce bounce back from the first year of the pandemic, the pandemic that we're still in, folks. Yeah. Shout out to Omicron, really doing things. Um, um, but, um, it's like you thought I forgot. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I ain't fucking with you, Omicron. I know you real. I know I'm I'm just I'm begging to get a booster. So yeah, in fact, I I mentioned last week that I I'm scheduled to get a booster, and that may have confused some of you because a couple of weeks ago I said I was going to get a booster. Turned out uh, Walgreens did not 
confirm my appointment, I guess. So when I got there, they were real dicks about it. Mm. <laughs> and they said, you have to go back online. And the next time that was available was literally late December. So here I am yep. still unboosted and terrified, but, uh, you know, doing what I can. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> um, it work. But bef before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about poor Joe Biden. Oh, bo Joe womp, Biden. Womp, womp, womp. Oh, is Joe Biden a little upset at his plummeting approval rights? This week, it seemed that the Joe Biden administration finally got fed up with all of the bad press. It turns out they are really upset with us not focusing on the highlights, such as the vaccine rollout, which generally was good, and that uber sexy, just cannot get enough of, God, I'm wet just thinking about it, infrastructure bill. Uh, meanwhile, they don't understand why the media seems to be obsessed with the increasing in, uh, inflation of, pri of general prices across the board, which is the highest in, over in basically my lifetime uh the fact that we they are still holding in um uh, excuse me remain in place uh policies in foreign countries for refugees who want to come here the fact that the vaccine while it is in america it's available to americans our uh, sharing of it has been slow and other things that have led to him having a sub 40 percent uh approval rating this week we even saw jen Psaki uh get like clap back at Nina Totenberg of all people of all in the people. weirdest of in the weirdest of ways when Nina Totenberg asked, "Hey, sh why aren't we just sending uh, ra rapid test kits to Americans like they do in the UK?" And and Jen Psaki said, "What are we supposed to do? Just send it to everybody?" As if the answer to that question wasn't an emphatic yes. <laughs> so Tochi, <laughs> um, it's look in a weird look. I get it in a way because we live through what is probably, you know, it's still early on, but I'm going to say one of the worst administrations. We weren't killing Native Americans, so shout out to you, Andrew Jackson. Um, but, um, but one of the worst administrations America's ever had. I sort of understand what the frustration that Joe Biden is feeling, but that being said, do you think that they're right? They should get more credit for the things that they're done, or should America be focused on the slow approval uh, that we've seen as a country and the struggles that are being faced by regular Americans when it comes to these prices? No, they shouldn't be getting more credit. And not just because of the lack of fulfilling promises. Um, you know, a big thing, big point that's been made recently is the contrast between Joe Biden's campaign promises with regards to student debt and particularly with regards to canceling 10,000, um, you know, 10 Yo, stacks. You, wait, 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 wait. You expect him to do that? No, 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 no. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, but here's the thing. I didn't, but he said he was going to do it. And he shows no inclinations towards doing it right so so there's there's that contrast mm -hmm. but also i think another thing is this administration i think has been i don't know if it's reticence or if they just think they're too busy or if they're just really addicted to shooting themselves in the foot but mm -hmm. they've not necessarily been the most open to the press you know when's mm -hmm. the last time joe biden gave a sit-down interview with a news outlet I think it was sometime in the summer. And when and like, so when and when have they done when has the White House administration done any sort of press roundtables? Like oh like what Obama used to do or what have you. When yeah, and by he, the way, it didn't he, go well. Yeah, Every exactly. single time he does one of these things, it just is a reminder that my God, he is sundowning. <laughs> yeah, but, and it's like and it's like they don't you know, if you look at if you contrast media appearances and media contact with the, you know, from the Biden administration to, you know, 45's administration and to Obama's administration, you will mm -hmm. see horrible numbers. And part of so like, 
part of it too is that in a lot of ways the Biden administration just isn't talking to the press. Like they're just mm -hmm. they're just not doing it. And I think also too you know, there's a reason we're constantly asking, okay, where's Kamala? Where's Biden? Like, we don't see them. Mm -hmm. We don't, yeah. we don't see them like on the road. So like they, the, the administration made so much hay in the beginning of, okay, we're going to learn the lessons from the Obama administration. When we do good shit, we're going to actually tell people about it. We're going to go around. We're going to do victory laps, all that jazz. And it's just crickets. Like I ain't seen, I ain't seen Biden posted up nowhere. I ain't, yeah. seen, I ain't even seen his aides or anybody posted up nowhere. He's not. He's not on Twitter. The only people he's we not, see, yeah. the person we see regularly is Jen Psaki, and she just seems annoyed. Yeah, exactly. Like she seems incredibly annoyed by the press. Which Why is, don't you guys her, play with us? Like exactly. <laughs> no, but like that's. But like that's what it is, and it's it's wild too because one of the one of the points of contrast that comes up for me is remember when remember when AOC hopped on Twitch with that. Um, I think it was a Canadian minister. I think he was like a minister in the government. And I forget what exactly they were talking about or what like aspect of politics or whatever. But they were basically, they did this thing where they played Among Us with like. I was going to say, was this when she played Among Us? Yeah. I didn't realize there was any other. I yeah. thought she was playing with just people. I didn't realize there was any other foreign officials. Yeah, no, there was like, there was like a minister from the Canadian government. I think he was. Good Lord, I can you imagine Joe Biden trying to like. Fam, but like, that's what we, I'm saying. 45 minutes explaining to him what sus means. Yeah, like, or like <laughs> telling him constantly, yo, you have to mute your mic right now yo you have to mute your mic right now <laughs> mr president you're not muted <laughs> like, jesus like, christ i can't even he wouldn't can you just contemplate trying to explain to him discord like <laughs> oh like, my god like, that's the thing. like you know there was a point where like aoc and representative um omar were like showing off their 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 kids and their like computers like it was a, it was a cool thing and it was this incredible moment of outreach yeah right? shout out to you if you can get a gpu in 2021 Yo, fam, <laughs> fam, you need to tell me your secrets like you must yeah be you gotta have a connect badger. like that you, I bet you. Get, you like, I bet you. It's harder to get. Escobar, like. It's harder to get that than cocaine at this yes, point. No, but like actually, <laughs> actually, uh, yesterday's price is not today's price. No, uh, no, no. But like, no. And, and like, it's that sort of where you don't even see aides in the administration who might be more tech savvy, like doing this sort of thing and communicating, if not policy victories, then at least some of the things that the Biden administration is working on or trying to do. All we hear about, all we hear about is how much trouble people are having getting mm. good shit done. That's all mm. we hear about. All the infighting and everything and how, how you know, basically passing anything is like pulling teeth, even though we have a supermajority. That's all we hear about. Meanwhile, nope. they yeah. won't deal with the obstructionist. Like, and it's just like, yo, just <laughs> fucking get rid of the filibuster. Like, just, just yeah. do, just do. And so I think that's. You know, they only really have themselves to blame because even if they weren't getting shit done, there's a way that they could play this where they're constantly out. They're like showing face and doing all these doing all this. They would be to fighting. Make, no yeah. one sees them fighting. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. Exactly. It's like, Joe, we can't do it because Joe Manchin. It's like, well, smack him in the face legislatively <laughs> or, or, you know, <laughs> professionally. I will say this week I saw that um, AOC uh, AOC addressed to the, uh, uh, the press about like holding people 
responsible for the things that they say and the fact that like you know if 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 Lauren, uh, Lauren Bobert or or any of these mm-hmm. like goobers said anything said what they said in a normal job, HR would have them fired in a second for yeah. cause. Oh yeah, like um, Gosar like basically like tweeted death threats at at AOC. Like it's just like and it's like it did just remind me. It's like this is how fucked up our political system is right now. We're having basic conversations about decorum. Meanwhile, yeah. like we can't get the people who are supposed to be all about legislating to do what it actually do what actually takes to legislate yeah and it's like like, you have to punish him and it's like (laughs) even if like say for instance you know you're going to take the administration's tack that they're they're basically particularly with voting rights basically delegating responsibility to citizens to like take care of that on their own at least do outreach with voting rights active like the one time that we heard about yeah. where you had voting rights activists, like in your audience, Kamala gave a six minute speech and then dipped. Right. Yeah. Like it's just like you're you're shooting yourself in the foot with a 12 gauge. And it's like and then you're going to complain. And it seems. And the thing is, the reason that it's other people don't people who support you don't fight harder is that it seems like you're placating to the right. Yes. Like the point you made about the fact that voting rights are under attack. Voting is how you get your job. Yes. I would I would think you would be more incentivized to give a shit about it and make it a big deal. It doesn't make you look bad if you are standing up for this. In fact, and I think I said this last week, the fact that there was this huge there was there is a huge lie out there that a lot of people believe that you have your job illegitimately would make me think it would be more important for you to fight for this yeah, for think, voting rights. You think? Ugh. You think? Yeah. No, it's it doesn't um, surprise me at all. And I guess like hosting this show, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm gonna have these feelings. It doesn't surprise me at all that, of course, you're not getting good presses because you're not actually addressing the things that people need. Like this is the, for some reason, the Democrats have taken it into their brains that if they give people things that will be, Oh, that will be overwhelmingly unpopular for them. (laughs) Like in some, like if they, if they give, and and you said and you've said this on the show. I think it's that fear of like you know f- how far they had to fight for Obamacare. They gave people more access to to medicine, and that made it harder for them to win. But it also created a line in the sand that people now recognize that if the other side tries to take that away, mm-hmm. it's good for you. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, in the long run, people like to get shit directly. Like people yes. like. It, uh, no sign by by transportation secretary Buttigieg is going to have as much impact as I don't know, and maybe that thing we were talking about right before the show. Stop threatening people that they're going to have to like pay, get back into debt again, yeah, and pay and like pay these student loans when this is something you could do directly tomorrow. Yeah, like that's the thing that drives people crazy is that they see the Democrats constantly avoiding the easiest of things or the most simplistic of things that would have an impact on people's lives. Things like canceling student debt, things like you say, standing up for voting rights, like actually working with people on the ground every single day. There shouldn't be, there shouldn't be a week where we don't hear of a democratic congressperson or senator going back to their home district to talk to these activists who are actually doing the work mm-hmm. and working with them. Yep. 
Remember in these when, communities. Remember when Congress people used to do that? They used to go back to their home districts and hold these little town halls? Or they yeah, they, it was like connected. October 2020 was the last time I remember it because they were, you know, in trouble. Um, <laughs> so they needed to do that. And I'm sure they'll do it again in October 2022. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So do you think that there is any... Or actually, let me ask you this. How will they pivot, do you think, in 2022? to actually try to do this because their numbers are so bad that and i've said this on the show before their numbers are so bad that i i i think if it keeps sliding this way we're gonna have a better and better chance of getting these student loans repaid or even as you said joe biden said well i won't pay at all but i'll you know ten thousand dollars i've i've been checking haven't seen ten thousand dollars come off of my uh my student loan uh repayments that that would be noticeable i have to say uh i I take real real notice of that like how do you see or do you see them changing their tactics at all as they are going to have to run to, you know, maintain control of the legislative branch? I think they're, I think what's going to happen is the Republicans are going to retake Congress and the Democratic Party is going to have an easy enemy again. I think that's one of the problems of the party is that they don't know what to do. So they'll have a reason for nothing getting done. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, that's great. Exactly. That's fantastic. That's, nothing will happen ex- and they'll whine. Yeah, that's ex- lovely. So it's like it's like <laughs> when you're so used to being an opposition party that you don't you don't know what to do or you can't handle not being an opposition party anymore. Like you're you're mm. you are you're the people with the power now. And so they they just they're doing everything in their power to be opposition party again. We gotta lose and lose hard. That's the only way we'll win. Exactly. Exactly. That's the that's the Democratic Party <laughs> character. No, absolutely. Like that's that's just how that's just how they're built. That's just how they're built. Is they're just built uh, to lose. Um, but but yeah. what is what does what does that look like though? Like like it, what is so what does that mean for twenty twenty two? Do we just constantly see? nothing happening and attrition and like because again january 31st is now what a month and a half away Mm -hmm. so a lot of people who have been getting by through this pandemic are going to have these student loans coming back in Mm -hmm. um or you know we're seeing less and less support in fact pretty much the vast majority of federal support is now gone from the pandemic as omicron comes and we're definitely not gonna pass another bill to help people uh, the inflation prices don't seem to be going in, you know, uh, a, a positive way for people. That's just a recipe for a really shitty year. Yeah, I, I think part of it, too, is, you know, you you described a lot of the on the ground reality for a lot of Americans where I think the administration pretty much has their eyes glued to larger macroeconomic indicators. So they'll look at if they'll, I they'll, see they'll, Joe Biden yeah. driving another fucking electric car, I am going to scream. So like they'll point to <laughs> they'll point to the stock market and be like, oh, S&P is like record highs or they'll point to, you know, various other macroeconomic indicators. Right. Uh, and be like, hey, so the economy's doing well. Right. Or it'll be like record low unemployment, particularly in the black community. And they'll have these like slogans or whatever or these like large scale things to point to. But like mm. they're not they're not going to address what it's like for people on the ground. Like it's it mm. it doesn't look like low in employment where I live. Like that, like that's the reality for a lot of Americans. It's like mm. they're going to hear Biden or Biden surrogate say that, and they're going to be like, "It doesn't look like record economic stimulus where I live. It mm. doesn't look like X macroeconomic indicator where I live." 
And mm-hmm. that I think is one of the biggest problems of this administration is they're not meeting people where they live. Yeah. Lastly on this, because I, I mean, look, they're, they're, there's, they're having a pity party and I don't think there's much to explore here. Do better. Yeah. Like, fucking do better. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that's, Just, that's what it's you like, do. It's like that Kevin Hart skit. He's like, help me, nigga. Help me <laughs> <Help>. <laughs> like that's it just drives me so crazy because it's just like i just don't know how we can help them it's like you could do literally anything anything like literally anything for them not yeah. for their company not for their their town not for for them literally do it. <laughs> yeah well like one of the uh, things that we're seeing is you know there's record activity at least recently with regards to unions and unionizing and we're seeing this mm-hmm. all over you know starbucks you know amazon workers what have you in various places so we didn't I even think- talk about the fact that they're going to have another vote because i did remember back last year i was mm-hmm. like this vote tally looks really weird yeah exactly <laughs> exactly exactly they thought so too they thought so yeah. too so like i feel i feel like one of the things that you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of american citizens sort of taking things into their own hands with regards to their fate um you know trying to guarantee better circumstances for themselves in the absence of you know federal authority or infrastructure helping them out and I mean, there, mm-hmm. there's that there's something heartening in that. Like people are people are taking charge in a way that we haven't necessarily seen, you know, recently. And so I think that's mm-hmm. you know, and I think we're going to see it with voting rights too. You know, the federal government's not going to do anything to help, but we're probably going to see incredible record activity from voting rights activists on the ground, people on the ground. Similar thing with abortion. Um, the, well, that's where I was going to go. Is mm-hmm. the last one is like how does the legislation legislative like um or sorry judicial branch of the government in impact the support for the biden administration this year right now it seems like tragically as always mm-hmm. like the it, life is going to get so bad that people will finally wake up and i get you know, like i guess i'll hit that democratic button again but i don't see that moving their numbers in any positive way you've allowed abortion rights to become at risk yeah yeah Yeah. i mean you know i think we're going to see um at least on the state level a lot of sort of bolstering with regards to support and things like that i mean the unfortunate reality is that people are going to now have to drive 400 plus miles to get you know to get that kind of care that they need but there's going to be a place where they'll be able to get it just not in their state um yeah and so, yeah. like, and, and hey, we may be seeing like underground networks or you know people coming together, sort of in the shadows. That is heartbreakingly sad. It, it really is. It really fucking <laughs> is. It's very fucking dystopian. But I think it really points to the capacity that a lot of American citizens and humans in general have to helping each other out in really, really, mm. really dire times. Um, it's just <laughs> really fucked up that the de- that that the Democratic Party let this happen because they did let this happen. In a sign of how bad things are right now, of all people, John Roberts made a statement about the ruling of the court on this abortion rights law in Texas that said they risk the validity and the trust of the American people with this type of mealy mouth ruling where, yes, abortion providers can sue, but we're not going to stop this law, which is very, very obviously restrictive of of female rights. Mm -hmm. Like, and the fact that a man whose legacy could probably be best summarized as trying to fuck up anything Thurgood Marshall did is now the voice of reason on the court. (laughs) 
Yeah. Actually, I'm going to take that back. He's not. He's, He's not. not. But like, just that's Sonya Sotomayor. But like, yeah. uh, the fact that he is now kind of the leading hope for a vote in the right direction for women's rights and that the Democrats have allowed it to get this far. And you know what? I know it's like, well, you know, they don't just like bullshit. We didn't fight for the judges in the Obama administration. We have it. We allowed these ridiculous like nominations and we just didn't. No disrespect. We just didn't tell Ruth Bader Ginsburg to retire when Obama was rather than like we should have. Um, um, just goes to show that, like, yeah, no, don't expect people to be cheering for you. Just because it's like, it's like when you're, it's like when your your mom like takes up with a guy who's not as bad as your dad, and he constantly reminds you of that fact. Mm-hmm. Like he's still a piece of shit, but like he's better than what you came from, and he expects you to appreciate him for that. Yeah, yeah. That's what the Democrat. That is what I'm feeling from the Democratic Party. I'm feeling like you're a parent, like you're an abusive parent who's slightly less abusive than my last <laughs> abusive parent. Um. And on that happy note, let's talk about this year, Toji. <laughs> you know, I just like the smooth transitions. Uh, it's, it certainly started with a bang, January 6th. Yeah. That was, you know. Oh, good God. <laughs> I forgot. You remember, wait, was that this year where it was like, wait, was it last year where it was like the, it started with the, the attack on Iran and it's like we might be going to World War Three? That was last year. Yeah, yeah, it was, Australia wow. was on fire. We assassinated yeah. like one of the like the number two or number three like Iranian military person, and, the, there was and then like we were like, we that... can't, we can't ratchet it up anymore. <laughs> Boom, insurrection. Yeah. <laughs> the call was coming from inside the house, um, literally inside the house. Yeah, yeah, it was really weird. Uh, so, folks, we are two weeks out uh, from twenty twenty one ending thankfully we made we made it through thank you lucky stars um so right now we're going to talk about the things this year that uh we're, we're we're in retrospective whether it be positive or negative hopefully some positive things it's been a good year for us at a personal level and then next week is going to be the last show of the year before we take the holiday break and so i think what we'll save for next week is talking about things we're looking forward to in 2022 but tochi you know, you, you were the one who brought it up. This year started off quite um, <laughs> uniquely, shall we say, with, uh, you know, people who, quote unquote, love this country trying to break in and burn down the Capitol. It was a very exciting um, season premiere. It was a very yeah. exciting season oh, premiere. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I think if it was on a... There's sometimes where I'm like, if this was a TV show, no one would believe it. And then there are other times where I'm like, if this was a TV show, it'd be the greatest TV show ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Only because it was contained within my television screen. <laughs> yes. Living it. It's like it's like you think Batman's dope, but imagine what it's like to be just an accountant living in Gotham City. It must suck ass. It's gotta be the worst thing ever. <laughs> the worst thing ever. Um, so talk to me about like the start of this year and and what it what it was like for you to, to kind of go into it in this post, you know, post forty five administration and the the kind of transition and how that was for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, we, I think we both started with a measure of sort of cautious optimism, particularly fueled by the flurry of executive orders that were, that were coming out in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's getting stuff done. He's oh, you know, concentrating God. on this. February. 
I know, yeah. right? Right? We were like, <laughs> oh, this is just a taste of things to come. Like, we are dope. You know, Georgia's elections finally got, like, ironed out. We got Certified, our two senators. Yeah. Like, all mm-hmm. that stuff. We were like, okay, let's fucking go. And I think a lot of the early part of 2021 was triage, right? It was a lot of it was trying to get people back on their feet. Um, I think a lot of the uncertainty with regards to the pandemic was in the rear view, which sounds weird to say, especially given the rise of the Omicron variant. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when you look back, particularly on 2020, we had no idea what the fuck was going on. Like, no, and like shit shut down, like actually shut down. Like there was no E3. Like there was no E3. Yeah. Yeah. Like there there was no E3. So 2021 in many ways was, you know, I think on a I think on an individual level, we started to see people sort of grasping towards not necessarily a return to normal, but um you know, the familiar, we were starting to make that reality again. We were starting to rebuild and not necessarily again on, on a federal level or governmental level, but it seemed as though we were, you know, the village got destroyed and we were picking up the bricks, so to speak. Um, mm. You know, we started to see, you know, some venues were reopening cautiously and people were, were dining in restaurants with certain like, you know, precautions taken and things of that sort. People were, you know, in, in some instances reuniting with friends. And part of that too was because we had an idea of what to do to do these things safely. Right. Mm. Like we had an idea with regards to social distancing, mask wearing, you know, vaccine stuff was like just starting to kick off. Um, like there, and, and also too, like, let's not forget Q1 2021, <laughs> you know, people were like, okay, it's going to start to get easier to get a PS5. Like, remember those reports? <laughs> remember, remember those reports? Remember? Oh, those fever dreams. <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh, by April, supply will have met demand. So- I will say I was a little bit, I, was, I wasn't I was in that camp because I had mine, and I was like, you plebes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, there was, there was that sense, right? There was that sense, yeah. there was that feeling of optimism before it got just, like, completely battered out of us. But I think that's something that, you know, when you look back on 2021, despite all the sort of fires that were set, literally and figuratively, there <laughs> there was a very, it, it reminded me a lot of the very beginning of 2020 when the pandemic like just started. And you, you saw these instances of people coming together to do things to convey the fact that, oh, we're not alone. And the example that comes to mind is the cast of Archer, actually, very early on, I think it might have been like April 2020, did a, mm. table, did a table reading of the elevator episode, the episode where yeah, they're trapped yeah. in the elevator. And it was magical. Like, it was absolutely magical. Like, I was on mm-hmm. YouTube watching Aisha Tyler and H. Shop Bedroom. Like, it was really, really, really fun and really cool. Yeah. Among Us took off. Like, people were playing that. Like, it just skyrocketed. And so, you know, 2021, I think, was, or at least the very beginning of 2021 was, I think, a version of that. And you saw people, you know, in many instances getting back to work. And I don't just mean, like, you know, their job or whatever, but in terms of the things that they used to be able to do, the activities that they used to be able to engage in, all of that, Mm -hmm. you know, routine started to settle in. And so I think that's something that 2021 gave us in a sense and that's sort of what yeah. i mean when a lot of the un- uncertainty sort of came away um i yeah can i just to jump in i think 
the thing that I, the thing that distinctly I remember at the start of this year was that 20, for me, 2021 kind of sort of started in March Mm. because that was when I got my shot. And at the beginning of the year, I was, I was really accepting the fact that a young ish, (laughs) healthy person who has no children like me would not even have access to the vaccine yep. until like August mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, yep. to the point where I was like, and then in September, I'm going to take a trip. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, a friend of mine, shout out, Anna, you'll be here at the party tonight. I'm excited to see you again. Uh, a friend of mine was like, Hey, I got you a spot. we got to drive to Long Beach. Woo! She got the plug. Pl- and I did, and I did it like it was nothing. And if you, if you, if you've lived in LA, <laughs> LA proper, it's not nothing to go anywhere. <laughs> particularly Long, Long Beach. Beach. <laughs> um, to the fucking ports. And I got that shot. And the wave, I I remember the wave of relief I felt in my car. Yep. Um, and, and driving away from there. And, and like, Anna and I got out of, like, we, we were going to get out of our cars and, and, like, just, like, hug each other and celebrate just because we were so happy. Um. And the thought that, like, I'm going to be okay, I made it Mm -hmm. to this point, was sort of when the real vision of 2021 kind of came into place because I I was staying at home. I was still, like, not going out. Um, You know, I hadn't, I'd seen my, I had still not seen my family, a lot of my family members up to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'd seen my mother once on Christmas, and that was from six feet distance. Um... And, and, and yeah, by that time we had seen the insurrection and we'd seen the big lie continue to go and people for some reason still believe in it. Remember how, remember the smoke that QAnon was blowing at that point? Yep. Like, oh, he, it's just, just wait three more weeks and he's going to come back. Oh no, wait, it's going to be, it's going to be like February. It's going to be like fat Tuesday. Oh no, it's the Ides of March. And then, and it's like literally every single week, not hitting that marker where he's going to come back. And you just, and it just felt like, you fucking idiots. (laughs) It felt good. Yeah. It felt amazing. The death of QAnon (laughs) was one of, I think the, the sort of unsung highlights of the year, especially because of how. It's not quite dead. But, but you like, can see the people who are still in Dallas, and it's just like, yes. oh, this is sad. But like, yeah, and it's like I remember there was one message that like the attribution to Q is is questionable, but like I saw a screenshot of it on Twitter that basically the gist of it was, hey guys, it's been a good like it's been a good ride, like you know, but, but we're getting you know, but we're you know, rides coming to an end. Everybody be safe, and literally it was like. All right, San Francisco, last last song of the night. Y'all been amazing. Get home oh my safe. God. Like that was the tone of the message. And I was like, wait, Q is over. Like that's that's it. And so that was, I think that was like a really that was a really like fun thing to witness. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, I think you're I think you're absolutely right with regards to March and like March, April being when the year started for a lot of people like once they got mm. that once they got their their first you didn't have to you didn't chat. have to be a healthcare worker or like exactly. elderly to get exactly. it exactly yeah. exactly yeah so no, let's talk about yeah. where we went from there yeah, <laughs> yeah. um and now i will say this i think i was on a high i personally was on a high because like i say i got my first shot in march and mm-hmm. i will never april 13th i know specifically i got my second shot mm-hmm. and by the end of may 
Motherfucker was in Hawaii. <laughs> Ooh, you were. Ooh, you were living your in, best life. Yeah. I was getting the fuck out. I was seeing people. I was eating things. I was going out to drink again. I was like, woo, it's just like fucking 1999. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there were some whispers that it was that people were just completely not having it. Mm-hmm. And to go from I w- to go from like I'll give you these cheeseburgers for that vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) And particularly, and I've said this on the show, so forgive me, but particularly that whole trope of people who were like, fuck your mask. I'm going to take this Trump vaccine to then have them be like, I'm not taking that vaccine. Who knows where that comes from? It could do things to your DNA. I am now a scientist because I said so. And the Internet tells me things. I did my own Um, research. (laughs) Was genuinely, truly like. The start of a long, slow downslide, per- personally for me. Did you share that feeling or, like, did you did you maintain the joy that, like, nope, this is, like, I would never go as far to say QAnon is dead. Because it's just, like, crazy people are latching on to anything at this yeah. point. Well, Fox cons- News tree caught fire. And all of a sudden, it's yeah. like, yeah. Conspiracy like, um, theorizing is not dead. But Q, yeah. 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 Um. Did you did did you have that feeling or or did you not read into that as much as as I did? No, I the think death of the American man. <laughs> no, I think when Delta hit, it was it was very much a, like a wake up call for mm. for a lot of people. I I personally took I personally took joy and solace in in not, I don't want to say like perverse things, but like odd things. Like so, I'm I'm you know I'm pretty close to a campus, a, a college campus, and one of the one of the like. I don't even want to say smaller joys. It was kind of a big joy um, of where I lived was that for the longest time, there were no students on campus. And so I didn't Mm. have to deal with all of that. And then when things started to open up again, you know, this past or or like the spring semester, I think it was, um, you know, we started to see a little bit more of that and particularly with this fall. And so I was like, Mm. but like, you know, people were going, I think initially when people were going out, they were going ham. So they were, they thought, oh, yeah. oh I got, oh, I, I got, was just like, yeah, I got vaccinated. Yeah. I'm going to go to a packed concert. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, da 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 da. I'm going to, I'm going to ask the waiter to spit in my food. Like, da da da. Like <laughs> they, people were going nuts. Right. And I was just like, y'all like chill, 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 chill. And then Delta hit. And I was like, see, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I think, so I think there was a summer was definitely a very weird. It was a very, very, very weird time. Um, but yeah, I mean, part of it too was I was still indoors a lot, but I was indoors and working. And so that's part of why so much of the year is a, is a blur for me was that I was working and granted on a personal level, mm. I was pursuing a lot of dream opportunities that really, you know, this fall, came to light and really came to fruition. Like during the summer was when I was working on a project with the Smithsonian that like launched in the fall, you know, launched uh, last month. You know, I was working mm-hmm. on a, a series for Marvel, a Black Panther series. You know, I was working on the freaking Call of Duty game that jo- that dropped first week of November. I was doing all this writing and I was feeling very, very, very productive. But I think, you know, it was a it was a, a dynamic that was similar to last year in that I think for a person like me, um, who's very good at that, good, good at their work and takes a lot of solace in it, it can be easy to fall into the trap of, 
oh, I don't need to go outside. I don't need to go anywhere. Everything that I have, everything that I need is within arm's reach. I don't actually mm-hmm. need to encounter people. I'm good. But like, if you, yeah. get, if you, if you stay like that, you realize the lie and you're like, wait, I haven't seen, I haven't seen people in a long time. I haven't talked to anybody in a long time. Wait a second. What's happening? And so that was a trap that that was the quicksand that I was sort of skirting around for the summer. But that started to, I started to get away from that in the fall. And, you know, as we talked about uh, earlier, I, I went to France. I went on my very first vacation as an adult. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I went to France for two weeks and it was magical. And I think part of why it was so magical was that it was so refreshing to see, you know, to be in the midst of a place where for the most part, COVID was being treated with common sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, you needed, like, there was all this hay being made over the past couple of years in the United States over vaccine passports and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, but when I was there, you know, the way that it worked was you, you had, you, there was an app that you had to download on your phone and you can up, you could upload both your, your vaccination data as well as any recent tests and stuff that you'd had on your phone. And it appears as a QR code. So you go to a restaurant or a movie theater or wherever. And the person outside is like, Hey, can I see your pass sanitaire? Your, your like Mm. health pass. So you show them the QR code, they scan it. And then you, and then you're in there like swimwear. And so mm. I can't tell you what a relief it was to finally be in a, I saw, I went back to the movies for the very first time in France, the very first mm. time in like over a year. And so I was in a theater and I didn't have to worry about freaking getting COVID from anyone because we all had to go through the same process. Whenever I was in any restaurant, I didn't have to worry about getting COVID from anyone because we had all gone through the same process, you know, mm. and you could go to, you could go to any sort of cor- corner pharmacy and get your test. And then get results, you know, and upload them to your phone. And everything. only three thousand dollars, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. It was, you know, it was a couple. It was like three stacks. Yeah. 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 yeah no big. Yeah. Deal. But yeah. How so much like, was the test in France? Oh, the test in was France, it just free? If I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they do it. They, they don't do it the insane way. And I wasn't even a <laughs> I wasn't even a French citizen. Like that was the thing, right? Like it mm. was, and so it was so refreshing to be like to just be able to sit at a cafe and just like chill for like hours on end and just like relax. Like I feel like it's so it's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of seductive to just talk about a place where basic competence yeah, exists. It was, it was like, really, it was really, really, really dope. And it, I can't tell you like what it did for my, for my spirit. And I imagine, you know, there might've been a genre of this that you felt, you know, while in Hawaii and once you came back from Hawaii, but I just came back with this. Yeah. They weren't fucking around. Yeah. Like, and, and it just, fucking around I, I came back and I was just so like spiritually refreshed and I was like, okay, I can handle this now. Or like, I can mm. deal with this now. Whereas before, even though I hadn't sort of told myself, I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of drowning right now. Like I, yeah. I don't know, man, my mental health, et cetera, et cetera. But I did that trip and I came back and I was like, okay, I can handle this now. I like, yeah. I have an idea of what I'm doing. And so, so yeah, so that's, that was sort of the summer going into the fall. Um, yeah, I, I definitely did. I never went crazy. Like I, mm-hmm. I when I say I started living like at like crazy for me, <laughs> that's like, I went out to a restaurant. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> and, I, and I was willing to sit indoors for the first time. That was, you know, that summer, that spring into summer kind of area. But, um, like the only, 
the first movie i've only seen two movies in a movie theater this year one was Candyman because i had to go and see mm-hmm. that and i'm not going to say that again because i just realized i'm sitting across from a giant mirror um, <laughs> what what was the what was the title of the movie again that you saw? it was beetlejuice um, <laughs> um, but uh then the other one was doing like last month um mm-hmm. but like I, the thing for me that defined the summer and it's honestly the thing that i'm most fascinated by and i hope it's the thing that I hate the narrative around in the media. But when I think of this summer, the summer of 2021, I will think of the great resignation. I will think of people, people evaluating, particularly after a year of sitting at home, why do I do the thing that I do? Do I do it because I'm good at it and I like it? Or do I do it because capitalism has demanded I do this thing in order to survive Mm -hmm. or in order to be, in order to like have a life that is decent. Mm -hmm. And we have been on this, we've been on this trajectory for a while, you know, Bernie, Bernie Sanders coming into like mainstream popularity in 2015, I think was kind of a really big marker that the American public was not seeing socialism as a boogeyman anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, if you want to go five years before that, you know, getting, um, uh, like Obamacare spread out there, uh, was a big sign. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I forgot about this, but somebody, something I was listening to this week played this classic, Craig T. Nelson, uh, like interview from 2009, where he was talking about, we don't need Obamacare. We don't need subsidies. I was on welfare and no one cared about me. <laughs> it's like, you, you, did you not just hear what you said? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's like that, that type of mentality does seem to start to be, mm-hmm. um, changing to the point where I honestly, I'll be honest. I think a lot of what we're seeing with the right and people People believe in their core because they've been told this, that being an American means bootstraps pulling yourself up. But they also see the reality of the world that will not allow you to move from your current position in life. Yes. And that makes them angry because they have this core fundamental thing they believe is true, which is that you can't get help from anyone. But the but and the, and it's meeting the reality of the world, which is you have to like mm-hmm. the rich people help each other all the all the time. Mm-hmm. Watch a- any episode of Secession, yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. and just know that there is socialism for the rich. Um, and so this moment and how it will live in history and in the memories of the people going forward, particularly next year. Again, and I've said that I know I'm a probably just being selfish about this, but it's me and, you know, a couple million of my closest friends. Mm -hmm. Like when these student loans come back in and people are going to be real, like some people will be forced to take on jobs that they absolutely hate. Um, And yes, not everybody gets to do the thing that they love, but like we will have to remember and we will have to be faced with the reality that we have created a society that for the most part, does not care about your humanity, does not care about your happiness, does not even even at a base level, this mythos that like in America, anyone can, you know, work hard and make it. That's absolutely not true. That is not true. That's it's not a thing <laughs> like yep. it's not you. You Yes, you can work hard and you can make it, but you have to be incredibly lucky. Like I was talking to somebody about, um, you know, just work. I work in television. Yay for me. You didn't see me at 23. Ooh, like, I did. You, <laughs> 
No, you saw me. You saw me at twenty six. You true. didn't see me true. at twenty three, and uh, and even at twenty six, I wasn't doing too great. But you saw me then, yeah. Um, you didn't see me in Chicago in a studio apartment that I could barely afford trying to make. You didn't see me like struggling in like lentils and rice every single night. You wasn't with me shooting um, at the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I know for a fact that I work very hard at what I do, but I've also been incredibly lucky. Yeah, I've been incredibly lucky. Um, and that's not a thing that happens for everyone. And it, it, it breaks my heart. Um, but also what I too, think also too, just to, just to jump off of, of what you've been saying, I think part of it too, is it's not even just about, you know, reevaluating whether or not you, you like your job or, you know, can try to position yourself to do something that you love. Part of it too mm-hmm. is about re- like looking around and realizing the conditions of your employment are super fucked up. Right. Absolutely. Like that. And that I think, I think you're absolutely, everyone does. Everyone can do a thing that they hate, but yeah. not. A, but why do we have a system that makes it obviously predatory? Exactly. And <laughs> like, so I think like with I think you're absolutely right to point out the great resignation because it was a lot of people looking around and being like, I'm not getting paid enough for this shit. And also, too, you started seeing a lot of employers who were having trouble filling their job, filling their positions because a lot of prospective employees were looking at that and being like, nah, I'm not getting paid enough to do that shit. You said you wanted a job. Now come and piss in this bottle and drive this truck. <laughs> but like i think that's i think that's a really like that's a really incredible dynamic to to point to and hold on to and you know i don't think we're gonna get anything as dramatic as like the haymarket massacre or any of the things that you know gave us the eight hour work week or Mm -hmm. i would love i would love some traction on this general strike we've been talking about oh my goodness (laughs) you know um like you know, th- you know, I don't think we're going to get to the place where, you know, we recreate the conditions that gave us the weekend or anything. But um, I do think we're at a place where there's a large segment of the population that is reevaluating its relationship to work. And mm-hmm. I think that's so freaking heartening. That's so freaking hard. We start we were seeing strike actions like we like we hadn't seen in a long time. And in do, my lifetime. And you Definitely. do you know how much coordination it takes to launch a strike action. Like it's wild. Mm-hmm. There was a piece in Teen Vogue. I think a couple months back that was about um, I forget whether or not it was I think it was with regards to hospital workers um, that had gone on strike to like protest the conditions of their employment, particularly given the fact that they were on the the front lines with and, and still are on the front lines with regards to COVID response. And, you know, the profile talk to their families and whatnot. And it was so freaking incredible and poignant to read about these family members, the kids of these striking, you know, individuals who were like, yeah, no, I support, I support my mom. I see what she's Mm -hmm. going through. Like I see her at the table, just, you know, some nights just like crying, wondering if this is the right thing to do. And I absolutely completely. So, and like seeing that and hearing that is just so incredible. And so it, it, it gives me a lot of hope with regards to where things go. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, I think, you know, that's a dynamic to monitor, but I think you were, I think you're absolutely right in looking at that, you know, 2021 is being the year that a lot of people who weren't already doing it were all of a sudden mm-hmm. reevaluating their relationship to work and their, and their job specifically. So we're going out 2021. And I think because we talked about it and honestly, it's honestly, I do think it's because it, it, it's not just about getting shit. Mm-hmm. Like this is an issue that is about, the environment and what we yes. 
and what we're willing to give up to get shit. This is about access to things. And now as Americans, we're having to be patient. I think as we go out of this year, the biggest hallmark of 2021, <laughs> supply chain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like we got too comfortable in this country, Duh. and also was, was we got the too Suez used canal to this year. Oh yeah, the evergreen, 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 yeah. whatever that was. Evergreen, no, I think, yeah, yeah. it wasn't. That was that the Suez. Yeah, Comrade Suez. God, that was a great moment. <laughs> we salute you. <laughs> or whoever was driving that truck is just a really great way to way to make a point. That that, <laughs> that boat turned point. into a global icon for workers. That thing is, <laughs> Oh my God! Like like socialist icon, <laughs> the we, Suez Canal. We stand. We stand. Um, um, for me, what this thing represents, and I'm not joking about this. I think I think that like there are a lot of issues here that are pretty important to consider. So what we're seeing right now, and I know I, I talked about like the GPUs thing, and as somebody who's literally looking at my broken computer and the fucking thousand dollars I had to spend to buy a brand new GPU, thank you a lot, Radeon. Um, like, the the fact that, it, it's funny, because it does kind of go into everything else where we've we've talked about in this year. The, the the supply chain thing is something that connects to business, it connects to consumer demands, it connects to what we're willing to give up on, in, on the environment to get things. And if you're in America, you have to realize that you missed out on some things, but you're also still fine. Yeah. Like globally, yes, you may not have, yes, I, okay, I... <laughs> I was very lucky and I had, I've, I've celebrated a one beautiful year anniversary with my PS5. Mm. It's been great. Um, <laughs> but like, Congratulations. Uh, if, Congratulations. If, if, if that was your big hurdle, if that's like, and it wasn't food and it wasn't access to the vaccine and it wasn't like, you know, whether or not your family was going to survive, you're still great. Mm-hmm. And what this has done for me, and when I consider like the great resignation thing, is that it for it really does force us to 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 reconcile with the fact that like what are we doing to get things here? Mm-hmm. And I mean, what are we doing to other countries, other places, mm-hmm. um, to get things here? And also, what are we willing accept to accept to get things? So like in L.A. down by good old Long Beach, where I was talking about, I think there's something like. I think the average wait time for a boat is something around 22 days. What? Just kicking it in, in a boat full of, of, of containers, kicking it in the water is like, it's, it's some ridiculously long series. What? And so like, and that is infected by the fact that a lot of people who quit their jobs were also truckers. Yep. 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 And you need truckers to get shit off the boat, to get shit from the boat to the store. Yep. Um, and so, while it's not just about like, you know, COVID and productivity, in fact, productivity, oddly enough, productivity has been up most of this time. Hmm. It finally, it did finally dip on the last reading, but like, it's still not that, not that far. Um, what this is kind of, all of these things we've said kind of together have made me, I think, I think what we learned from 2021 is that we really do need to consider exactly what it is we need and what it is we're willing to take. Mm-hmm. And we need to remember this year as we go into 2022, like what is, what, what's kind of your hallmark that you're taking away from the year we survived? Oh my goodness. Um, 
you can demand better for yourself. I think that's what a lot of people realized this year. And I hope it's a, re- hmm. I hope it's a realization that we take into 2022, even as, hmm. even as slightly better conditions sometimes will get dangled in front of us. Mm-hmm. You know, we can demand better for ourselves. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful, succinct way to put it. And remember that as you go into a new year, because resolutions are going to start up. And I think we all need to like, just chill out on those. <laughs> I, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to say shit. I'm just going to, mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut going into 2022. I don't want to think of the anything. two years you survived. Yeah. yeah. What have you resolved to do now? Like learn how to like butcher a chicken. Maybe that's it. There, there's something that's healthy, healthy and useful. Like, to, <laughs> like, like learning to, another to, language. Like I, I forget another, language. Like, learn Korean. something practical. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't worry about your body image. Don't worry about like, you know, something for somebody else. Just, you know, yeah. add it to something, your repertoire. Tochi, as you're considering how you will go into 2022 to make yourself a more fulfilled person. Uh, how can people find you? Y'all can find me seeking self-actualization on Twitter and Twitch at Tochi True Story. Y'all can find me on the gram at Trey64. That is T-R-E-I-Z-E-6-4. Uh, my upcoming book, Goliath, drops January 25th, 2022. So that's the supply chain. Yeah, exactly. Big in the supply chain. <laughs> Cop that shit now um you will not regret it um and Mm -hmm. i think that's i think that's it for me yeah all right well you can find me doing almost nothing for the next two weeks (laughs) my god do i need this vacation uh getting more intimate with Deathloop and other video games on twitter instagram and twitch as well at azel will you can find my website azelwill.com for more information on my works and writings you can email the both of us let us know what your 2021 was like what your big takeaways from this year were and actually as you're if you're listening uh send us what you're looking forward to in 2022 that'll be a topic we leave uh, the year with next week uh, thank you guys for listening thanks for subscribing to the show uh, use the hashtag InterCityPod on Twitter and let other people know about it uh, we'll be back next week for our last episode of 2021 <laughs> man what a year uh, until then I am Aza Williams and I am Tochio Nyebuchi we is never finished we is never done demanding better for ourselves because we never really stopped doing that and uh, why, why stop what works? Uh, if you're out there, you should demand better for yourself, too. Don't let capitalism tell you what you're required to have, because capitalism don't give a fuck about you. Oh,